I ain't no way we gon' fail. You know I got your back, just like a turtle shell. Nobody do it better. Hey now, hey now, hey now, hey now, hey now. You're listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 37, and I am Chris Latori. Thank you so much for listening in. I will do my best to make it some fun, some comic book nerdness, and just an overall good time. And if you don't already do so, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Sunspots Comics. Check out our website, website sunspotscomics.com and zombiedestroyers.com. It's all good. It's all fun stuff. And quick announcement, sunspotscomics.com has been updated. I changed the poll list a little bit. I made some adjustments. Some did, some comic books did fall off the list, and some added, as so the circle of life. And also an announcement for Zombie Destroyers, I guess is announcement number nine. I don't know why I'm keeping number track of them, but here we go. Uh, Page number one, thank you, Jordan underscore Hudson underscore Art, for doing uh, and completing page one of Zombie Destroyers, the comic book. And he's working on page two, I guess wrapping up page two, and about to be starting embarking on page three. I uh, just got uh, Manga Studio 5 and a tablet pen uh, coloring drawing tabletop tool and uh, I'm so excited to just jump in there just need the scanner part of it so I can scan in Jordan Hudson's pages and then I can begin the full coloring aspect of it so that's a quick update just quickly into what's happening there on Sunspots Comics and Zombie Destroyers and uh, let's jump right into it I mean this is gonna be a fun show well, it always is right it every single episode is fun I have fun doing it so I hope to just bring that fun to you I mean, we're gonna. We, I don't have any comic book feel-good factoid freebies this week. There's no artificial intelligence stories. Just two quick Spider Sense tingling articles. I read uh, 12 comics. Five of them made the top favorites. I got some comic book mentions. I've got art winner, uh, which is beautiful. I have cover winner, which we'll talk about later on down in the in the show. And uh, just overall, some fun, some fun nerd goodness. So strap on, put your seatbelt on. Let's jump right into the show. So, uh, oh, 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 did you hear that? I heard it. That's right. That's my spider sense tingling. So, the first article, by the way, if you're brand new, welcome. The uh, article I like to cover in this spider sense tingling uh, section of the show, I, I like to call it, so lovingly I love to call it that, is just basically articles that I feel uh, show that the world can eventually turn into... Uh, or at least have some aspects of the lovely comic books that we all love. So these are stories that I feel are taking us one step further, actually turning our world into the world of comic books, or at least parts and bits and pieces of it. So that's why it makes my spider sense tingle. So the first one comes from News America, NewsroomAmerica.com. The title of the article is Mysterious Collision at Large Hadron Collider. This just made me think of The Flash, the TV show, Flash the comic, etc. So, physicists around the world were puzzled recently when an unusual bump appeared in the signal of the, this large hadron collider. So, it's some sort of crazy, humongous scientific uh, machinery that does things with particles, right? <laughs> um, so, they apparently they had a, a spike in their numbers and they are seeing particles and and photons colliding when I guess they didn't expect them to uh, this is crazy right what's gonna happen to the people in that lab are they being tested for how this is changing their body at a, at a molecular level right you see where I'm going with this so <laughs> a very short article almost seems like they had to publicly put this out there but 
kind of don't want anyone to know about it. I mean, that's why you got me, right, to dig up this kind of stuff. So interesting. I, of course, will share this story, but scientific uh, science doing having some stuff going on there. Some, I mean, that's pretty much how every single superhero was made, right? Some sort of crazy science lab experiment gone wrong. Well, here we go. You're you're looking right at it. Particles colliding, hadron, <laughs> whatever that is. <laughs> so, so there's uh, the first Spider Sense tingling story, and the second, the final, and two of two, uh, is from UPI.com, and the title of it says, "Mini Force Fields." used to control tiny robots. So this has me thinking about the Valiant comic that I've been reading, uh, Blood, uh, what the hell's the name of it? Blood Sport? Blood Strike? Blood Strike! Um, anyway, it's the, it's the, it's the Blood Strike Reborn title from Jeff Lemire that I was thinking of when I read this, this <laughs> title here. So they're using force fields to control these super tiny, like, nano robots, which is exactly like, uh, the comic book I referenced. Uh, they're using I mean, it's almost like Ant-Man, right? They're shrinking down technology, making these super tiny robots, using these magnetic force fields to control them, to manipulate them, to have them do functions where as hopefully as small as supporting cells and maybe attacking cancer cells. Can you imagine that one day? Small, teeny nanobots with force fields going through your blood to fight cancer cells. I mean, that's like a comic book in itself right there. But... Yeah, of course you can see this all going wrong, right? <laughs> I mean, even to reference the uh, the comic book I'm talking about, the the Valiant comic, the you know the character has uh, the nanites through his blood, and it it uh, it messes his his memory up in his brain, and he's an assassin and told to to kill stuff. Yet these these nanites like heal him, and they they make him speak to computers, and and it's just uh, he's sort of a bad guy, sort of a good guy, so. Yeah, this technology falling into the wrong hands could be could be dangerous. But uh, interesting there. I mean, anything to fight cancer, right? Stupid cancer. So, I mean, hopefully this goes correctly and doesn't fall into the wrong hands. And they're able to harness the power of small robots with force fields on them. So pretty cool. Those are my two Spider-Sense tingling stories of the week. And now we're going to jump right into my favorite part, which is, of course, reviewing the 12 comic books that I read. Spoiler alert number one. I think you'll probably get three of them. These are my favorite comic books for New Comic Book uh, Day. It was January 13th was the week on Wednesday that they all came out. Please buy these comic books. Support your local comic book store. Go to, eventually, you'll go to sunspotscomics.com to buy comics. But make sure you support your local comic book shop out there and buy these on paper. Yes, the stuff made of trees. So remember, spoiler alert, I do talk about them, discuss them, review them, just tell you what I loved about them, what worked for me, what I enjoyed most about them, and hopefully that will inspire you to go buy some comic books. That's right, some paper comic books. So first off, before I jump into that, mention quickly the art cover winner of the week was Tony Moore. And Tony Moore did the art for The Walking Dead from number issue number one through six, which uh, his art is fantastic, gorgeous. I always wished that he stayed with it, but I know him and Robert Kirkman had some sort of falling out. It didn't work, but check out his art at TonyMoreIllustration.com. Gorgeous. I mean, he's done some fantastic titles. He's definitely stayed working in the art realm. One that pops right into my head was the Deadpool series from Brian uh, Posehn. Gorgeous, gorgeous work. Tony always, he never disappoints. And he's kept really busy just doing a plethora of comics. But he did the Walking Dead 150 cover. And it didn't make topics this week, but it's gorgeous. It's 
exactly the same as the cover on Walking Dead number one, just time has elapsed. And I remember reading in the back of one of the comic, one of, I don't remember which one, but Robert Kirkman talking specifically that he wanted this comic book to show Rick's character go through like such a journey that you that he wouldn't even recognize himself that we won't recognize him when this as time goes along and that's exactly what is emoted from this from this this number one to number 150 reflection here you see that that time has eroded the background has completely changed what Rick looked like from number one to number 150 and it's just neat to have them side by side and look at them um, and you, you you can't deny his artistic skill. So thank you Tony Moore for being the art cover winner of the week. And the overall art winner was uh, Russell Downerman. Uh, and I have to mention colorist Matthew Wilson on their work on the Mighty Thor, which did make the topic. So we'll go back into that a little bit more, but you have to see this gorgeous art from Russell Downerman doing the Mighty Thor and the the Lady Lady Lightning, the the god of thunder <laughs> anyway she it, he draws female thor so well you don't want the old thor back it's it's an interesting take and so that's why you have to see the art the panels the coloring the the, the emotions on the faces uh i'll get back i'll get more into that uh, because it did make one of the top picks there were zero number ones which is fine there was a number zero which i always kind of take a look at when i see number zeros most of the time they're kind of disappointing uh, the only number zero that uh, premiered uh, this week was the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. The covers were gorgeous. They almost look Alex, Alex Ross-like, very realistic. And they did, of course, all the five different covers with all the different colored rangers. I grabbed the yellow ranger, I think, because that was the one that was the only one that was left. But unfortunately, didn't make top picks of the week. But I just thought I'd highlight that. That, uh, and I know that I think it was the Green Dragon guy that was just convicted of murder. I mean, pretty crazy that they almost. The release of number zero and the conviction of the the murder of that guy at the same time crazy I'm, I'm sure there's a their PR marketing firm or whoever it was for the publisher is probably freaking out like oh what a horrible timing but anyway not related to each other I just that just popped in my head <clears throat> but oh and another mention I guess I'll go more into the Walking Dead to, to actually make it to 150 is a feat within itself in the comic book world is its own achievement but to, to keep Robert Kirkman writing on all of them the consistency is key. I love that sometimes when comic books change writers, change artists. It's such a heavy change in gear and tone and feel that it can cause readers like myself to bounce out. And and this didn't. Uh, going from Tony Moore to uh, Charlie Adler, who's been doing it from, well, issue 7 to 150, consistently staying as the artist is, is, a, is a massive achievement and needs to be recognized. Its body of work is fantastic. It's consistent in its writing. The storytelling is solid. Robert Kirkman is, it's his, uh, it's his, it's his swan song. It's his peace, de la resistance, whatever you want to call it. It's his, the body of work that, it's his legacy. And it's fantastic. And I've been there for the entire thing since 2003, which is crazy because you look at Image Comics and the way it was and how its impact then in 2003, uh, it wasn't the, you know, the powerhouse that it is now. I mean, it's, it's. Walking Dead, even at the beginning, it was a very humble opening. It it it, it did qu quickly take on though, but to see that how it's helped Image and, and the Walking Dead really make Image Comics what it is today is fantastic. Because I it, I spend most of my money on Image. The the indie publisher style of comics is to me the sweet spot of where we're in the golden age of comics right now. Um, so 
I have to mention that that we, we have to thank Walking Dead for everything that it's done, all the hard work that the teams put together and stayed consistent and made a good comic book to where it sells consistently. So you have to uh, recognize that uh, that achievement. So way to go, Walking Dead on number one fifty. Pick it up if you haven't got one. So, uh, going into the top picks, my favorites, my picks of the weeks, uh, I read uh, 12 comics, five of them made it to the list, last spoiler alert, so please, if you haven't read these comics, you know, yet, maybe uh, just take note of where we are on the podcast, check it out later, read the comics first, or I always really try not to completely, totally spoil it and and give you everything, so that you can still have some, some juicy nuggets later on when you read the comic. But uh, let's jump right into it, because coming in at number five from DC Comics, teamed with IDW, is Batman, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You can't help but think of the song, right? And I tell you, this just captured the love of Batman and captured the love of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and really had the two worlds colliding in a way that was just a lot of fun. You felt the love. You felt the love from this team. I have to give it up. For the writer, James Tinian, <clears throat> and art and cover, Freddie E. Williams II. Fantastic. And colorist, Jeremy Caldwell. His coloring style, to me, unique in a couple of ways, whereas the Turtles had a slightly different green tone, which is good. Not just the bandanas separating them in color, but you could tell the skin tone and, and blemishes on the skin made them each unique, which I really enjoyed. And one thing that really worked for me in this was they're fighting it out in the beginning because they're, these two worlds have collided. All of a sudden, the Ninja Turtles are in Gotham. So they don't know why. They're just there, <laughs> which is great. They don't spend too much time trying to explain science and weirdness. They just, just have fun with it and don't worry about that part, right? Well, the Turtles are able to... Well, they get their, the Turtles basically don't do very well against Batman here. He's just a one-man wrecking machine in multiple styles of martial arts and fighting skills right over the multitudes of years and the teenagers don't do so well <laughs> uh, there there's some funny banter in between you have to he's really completely captured it in the writing the funny banter of the turtles it it just all works i mean you could definitely ride that line of dialogue for the turtles being extremely corny and he doesn't go there he finds the sweet spot in my opinion so good job uh, writer James Tinian and I tell you that it's very dialogue light and that's what you kind of want in this comic right you just want to see the turtles in their group formations and Batman with his gadgets and yeah he uses the Batmobile to shock the turtles it's what you want I mean it's definitely fan service but I loved it and interesting how they I liked the fact that the turtles figured out that quickly that Batman was not trying to really fatally harm them and that he's really trying to figure them out and they even say in a panel here like man this this bat fella is 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 quite the detective he's just trying to figure us out and he is <clears throat> he even goes into the lab with uh, uh with Alfred and figures out that the longer that the turtles remain in Gotham and in their world the longer they'll revert to their original uh, genetic uh, position, I guess they'll they'll turn back into turtles. Their the mutagen in them will be nullified, and they'll just turn into strange large turtles, I guess. So <laughs> they don't really need to explain it. That's just the hook of the of the comic. And the penguin gets involved. Shredder is there. 
it's just a blast it's just fun definitely put your eyes on this it's only a mini series I want to say that I read that it's gonna be six so a lot of fun he really lays out a good action scene a good three or four pages of just fight scene between them and that's enough right there to to make you happy and it it definitely made me happy that's why it was my number five and number four the mighty Thor from Marvel Comics number three from writer Jason Aaron master Jason artist Russell Dowderman art pick of the week for sure you have to mention his color artist Matthew Wilson way to go the two of you this is centered around a altercation with Loki and what I really dug and what worked for me in this comic was how they show Loki as having like multiple personality disorder he uh, shows up to fight Lady Thor with all of his internal Thors or all of his internal internal Lokis and as he's beginning to try to talk to Lady Thor is what I'm gonna call her I know that's probably not right the mighty Thor we'll say he's laying out his plan that he really wants to turn over a new leaf and Loki's just being dastardly and she's not falling for it so she whacks him with the hammer with Mjolnir Mjolnir and how many facial emotions uh, that Russell has to draw here, Russell Dowderman, it's uncountable. He has to do from disgust to anger to happiness to this mischievous look. The facial emotions he has to draw alone is is just outstanding. It's insane. When they show the panel, though, of all the per multiple personalities of Loki, fantastic. There's like a Hulk Loki, there's like a female Loki, there's like a Loki that looks like a cat. I mean, it's all over the place, from kid Lokis, I'm sure these are have even popped up in actual Marvel continuity from time to time. I can't say that I'm a, a completist of Loki's work, but they seem familiar, so I, I bet you they have been around. And then finally he goes, okay, I'm going to unleash Lady Loki on you. Yeah, and it's what you want, right? Lady Loki, Lady Thor, toe-to-toe, -to -toe, just MMAing it out here. Good times. He uses some strange geometric angles and squares and rectangles with triangular ends just all over the place in their panels, really giving like a good feeling of like action and sort of shattered smashing of of these two powerful beings. So very, very good job there in in the fantastic art. Just just gorgeous. And he lays and, and Lady Thor lays the hammer on Loki and Loki is trapped and and then you have that Raxon community that's trying to take oil from Asgard and they drop some bombs and I tell you a, a jaw-dropping uh, panel here is seeing Jane Foster um, because from these bombs revert Lady Thor back to Jane Foster falling from the sky I just my, my jaw dropped because she's you know battling cancer she doesn't look very good and very healthy and that's a, it's a, you know, a hit home. So many people are affected by cancer. It was like a, oh, it, it, it honestly, my jaw dropped seeing Jane Foster fall from the sky. And uh, there's more to it, folks. You got to read this comic. It's really, really good. Lady Thor. That's why it's my number four pick of the week. And uh, number three from Image Comics, Limbo, number three. And I tell you, I, I've seen that, uh, boy, Limbo has been... Up there in picks of the week it's it's fantastic it's a uh, continually solid work from writer uh, Dan Waters artist Casper Wiengard and he reached out to me on Twitter recently which is very cool hey Casper again solid solid work here 
Uh, this is the number three comic, and we're still getting a layout of the land. We're meeting new characters. This this drawing style is going to win an Eisner, in my opinion. The art style, the coloring, how it's from 80s flashback coloring, from mixtapes to... I, I wish I could hear this comic. Like, I wish the technology was there where music would just omit from this. Uh, that would be amazing. Um, it's just got New Orleans. It's got voodoo. It's got 80s feel and look to it. Like I said, with the mixtapes, the coloring uses every single color and these neon looks where you think they'll be well lit sitting in a diner and yet their main character has blue skin. I mean, it's just ridiculous. But this is uh, showing that our character who has a kind of amnesia, can't remember who he is. He has this sort of sidekick that's helping him out. You're introduced to Bridget, this new character. She, I guess, works for the mobster that he wants information on because... He's got this crazy memory, but at the same time, he's trying to be like a private investigator. And uh, so now we're introduced to like a new henchman that's having like this audition. Uh, his name is Dedande, which I think that's the same character that um, is the sidekick that's helping. So she has the ability to do voodoo. And now the person she's harnessing power from looks like is playing both sides, trying to help and hurt them at the same time. So interesting, complex story here. I, this is a, you gotta kinda reread it. It's very complex, very dense storyline. But it simplifies in some spots here where the henchman's chasing them. And there's like this New Orleans sort of, you know, street party going on. And these crazy snakes are flying out of people's mouths. And uh, there's some action here. And they're running away, they're hiding, and they go into like this abandoned warehouse. She uses some voodoo to protect the, the place. I love their use of pink here to how she uh, imbues her voodoo protection spell on the place they're hiding in. And then mannequins with snakes coming out of them and they say that the snakes are the embodiment of, of the music and the spell. So they try not to listen to it and cover their ears but then blood's coming out of their ears. It is just a crazy, hysterical, insane mess using all these gorgeous colors like sunset oranges here. Love it. And uh, I just... Uh, don't still have a complete grasp on what's going on because I don't think we're supposed to it definitely I mean there's times where comics they ride that line of being confused not knowing what's going on but also not telling you the whole story at once this definitely is a little more towards the it's telling you the story that's going on you're not as confused but it's definitely dense definitely thick uh, definitely I reread I read it twice and there's like a bit from the sidekicks journal at the at the back that Help, that puts thing into, things into perspective and helps you kind of understand the bigger picture, the bigger story, but also sort of give you a little glimpse into her and what, how she's important in this story. So, well done. Very, very good. And the number one and two, I tell you, they were like a, I, I know I said it last week, but they're like a two-way tie, but the number two from Image Comics uh, is Spread, number 12. Artist, uh, or writer, Justin Jordan, who I love, art by Jen Hickman. <coughs> Sorry about that. I'm so tired of apologizing for this cold. Ugh, just sick of it. I know I said it last week too, but man, everybody I know is sick, but enough already. But anyway, this is that story of where there's this crazy virus wiping out Earth, and there's this these two people that are that have a baby that the baby's tears can kill the virus. There's nothing else they know of that can kill this virus except for this child's like fluids. And that's the prem general premise, and they're, I don't know really where they're trying to go, they're just trying to survive, they have this baby. And one of the characters is this kind of, kind of battered, kind of 
broken down female character that seems like she lost a baby and she feels a connection to that that baby that could save the world and no no is who the who is the the guy that's protecting um, the baby and it's uh this is a real visceral real kind of kind of risky kind of daring comic primarily about one uh, about Molly being younger so it's a, it's cool that it's a glimpse like it's a, her origin story we're at issue number 12 yet they're giving us the origin of of Molly so uh, and it seems well timed in the story it's definitely taking their time here not rushing this story they're in it for the long game which I really really dig about it it doesn't nothing ever really seems forced so this takes almost an entire issue to do the origin of Molly and she's alone like in the forest and this insane disgusting like cult picks her up and she's probably only 15 or 16 here I guess and uh, it involves rape I mean it's a it's a it's a, you know it's a sensitive subject you have to give uh, writer Justin Jordan um, he's got some cajones to go into this area it's controversial it's daring it's 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 bold and risky and I like that um, but yeah this cult takes her in and abuses her sexually and creepiness ensues which I'm not gonna spoil as to what happens here but very graphically shows the the ugly face of rape and her escape though and she's out there for a long time and she finds ways to make booby traps make hideouts it's just very it's like a movie uh, how Molly is able to figure out how to hide in the forest live on her own in the forest hunt for rabbits and uh, make fires and, and the whole time she's pregnant and man it's uh, it's setting a great stage I feel like they're gonna probably go right back to the main continuity from here but I sort of don't I wanted to live in this world for a while because it's a great flashback storytelling piece about the origin of uh, Molly and it really adds an additional layer of depth into spread so definitely grab the trades for that I know there's already one volume one and volume two but this is spread number 12 it's my number two pick of the week fantastic work I think it's I think Jen Hickman also is a just a fill-in artist I'd say fill-in but you know not the standard artist but that's fine you know they've, they've been on a good pace but I love the the speed and the pace and the tone of the storytelling here very very good but the number one pick of the week is uh, a doozy <laughs> it's a uh, huck uh, from Mark Millar and Albuquerque issue number three Raphael Albuquerque which the art is <clears throat> gorgeous the warm tones the blues the browns it overall has this warm just good feeling to it. I, I was looking back on the pick of the week list, which you can see on sunspotscomics.com, by the way. All my picks of the week since May of 2015. This was the uh, when number one came out in, in November 18th, week of November 18th. Huck number one was my number two pick of the week. And then Wednesday, December 16th, the last time, because uh, we're on issue three, it was my number one pick. So here we are again, my number one pick. I mean, that's uh, that's coming out strong. When I do my my year-end 2016, and this already has two high picks of the week and two number one picks of the week, uh, you know, who knows? Could be the pick of the year. Who knows? But Huck is this... The reason I love it, I think, is because it's like Forrest Gump with Superman-like powers. He's kind of a simpleton. Or at least you think. There's some complex thought there, and that's kind of where this goes. He's not as simple as you think. But he is simple. Um... He's doing his thing, which is finding people, uh, checking his list. He has dogs to find. He has drug addicts to, to bring home. 
<clears throat> and he does it with this just peaceful, serene look on his face. And I love that. When you see it, it just conveys this, I don't know, this feeling of just home, this feeling of happy, this feeling of like this completeness. And that's Huck. That's, that's what sells, folks. That's, what, that's why it works. Go get this immediately. Um, very little dialogue. It doesn't need much. He's, he's finding people. People that are in his way, drug addicts, people with guns, he just throws them out windows. I don't know, we don't know if he's invulnerable, we don't know the level of his powers, we know he can jump really far. He lifts rocks, he, he's super strong. He finds, he finds a dog trapped in a small cave, checks it off the list. And then, the politicians come in. So, the governor and the town, they're grabbing him, they're trying to use him for political purpose. And well done writing where you think really maybe that's where he's gonna go he's gonna be a puppet you know for this for this governor that knows what what he has here and he's, he's just trying to you know exploit huck and he he bounces he looks at a note this is another peek into his into his development of his character where he looks at this note and it just says please love him so i take it from there that maybe that he was left at an orphanage or something and Whatever the situation with his parents, they, they couldn't they couldn't take him, and he starts to cry. And the look on his face here, with the tears rolling down his face, and the tears hitting his letter. There's only one little bubble of dialogue on the on the two page two page splash of him seeing this letter, but it kind of reinvigorates him, and his plan to get out and away from these politicians. I mean, the guy's even helping like street cats and and homeless people, and <clears throat> and the two page spread here of when. He is running and jumping. It fills you with absolute joy. I'm getting chills thinking of it. The way he is drawn and his facial features and how he smiles and how happy he looks when he's just running and jumping is pure joy, people. <laughs> so you got to get this comic so you can just experience that. It's um, really hard to describe it in words, but it's it's great. Uh, great writing, good pace. We're on number three and we really don't know much about Huck. There's a character here claiming to be his brother. I mean, that's a, a is it? Well, who is he? I mean, great cliffhanger at the end. But I tell you, it's Forrest Gump. It has heart. It's it's drawn in such a warm, just friendly, fun way. And uh, it's a journey. It's a ride that I'm glad I'm on. And I think I'll need this in a hardbound cover when it's all said and done. Uh, because it's it's just gorgeous it's a beautiful piece of work you could you could share with anyone and they go wow this is adult and it's contemporary and yet wow it's it's smart and it's it's fun and that's why it is my number one pick of the week so go get that stuff it's all fantastic grab those paper comic books at your local comic book shop those are my five pick of the weeks they are fantastic and uh, oh and I got a quick mention <clears throat> at the end of Huck number three there's a new Mark Millar Stuart Eminen oh boy the guy that's drawing Star Wars uh, called a new comic uh, like a little preview coming out in April called Empress write that down folks this looks amazing looks totally sci-fi has a saga like feel to it and Mark Millar and Stuart Eminen his art is is ridiculous You're, it's like new planets uh, very sci-fi feel and looking there's dinosaurs involved uh, I'm fully in um, and so check that out in April Empress I'm sure I'll talk about it later on but I just had to give a nod to give a little preview for it at the back here of Huck and it looks fantastical so anyway if you don't do so please follow us on Instagram Twitter and Facebook at Sunspots Comics 
email me. If you have questions, uh, you have a recommendation, a concern, or a comment, hit me up at chris at sunspotscomics.com. Love to hear from you. If you do write me an email and I discuss it on the show, you'll win a prize. There's been past prize winners. You know who you are. Hello. Thank you for your support. So write me, chris at sunspots.com. Uh, it's fun stuff. Sunspotscomics.com. Excuse me. And, uh, and if you can, please go to iTunes, hit us up with a five-star review, write a little positive blurb. It really helps out. I love reading that stuff. I totally do. And I'll hit you up and give you a shout-out on the podcast, etc. But, uh, yeah, that's the, uh, that's the show. Hope you enjoyed it. That's issue number 37, podcast number 37. I had a whole lot of fun. I hope you, I'm sure as heck hope you did, because it was a good time. But, uh, of course, I'll leave you with, don't forget, I always like to put these little blurbs at the end. I don't know why. They're just fun. <laughs> but uh, enjoy this. Here's a sound blurb in three, two, one. Our family grows. The city itself will be our playground to use as we please. Rewarding ourselves and punishing our enemies. We've been looking for you, Miss O'Neill. There is a new enemy. Freaks of nature. Together. We will punish these creatures. What the heck was that? Looked like some of a big title in a trench coat. Shot. Knock, knock, you about to get shell shot. Knock, knock, you about to get shell shot. That's my fam, I'll hold him down forever. Us a 
against the world, we can battle whoever. Together ain't no way we gon' fail. You know I got your back, just like a turtle shell. Nobody do it better. All my brothers tryna get some cheddar. We all wanna cut like the shredder. Me and my bros come together for the dough. Bought the orange Lamborghini, call it Michelangelo. With the nunchuck dough, and I'm pulling up slow. When we fall up in the party, they know anything goes. Check my Rolex, they say I'm the man of the hour. All this green in my pockets, you can call it turtle power. Between me and my brothers, we all around if it's going down. It's just us, all for one. Yeah, you hearing right? Our business done, we disappear into the night. Came up together, so we all down for the fight. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Family ain't nothing strong as that. And I'll be posting word as strong as that. Brothers by my side, city on my back. Real heroes, that's what the people want. They ain't born, gotta create them. Saying we gone soon as we save them. That's part of the plan. By my side, I'ma keep my brothers. Live or die, man, we need each other. Uh. Shot. 